Welcome, one and all, to Strange New Worlds, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here today to talk about Strange New Worlds Season 2 trailer and our release date here of June 15th. Pete, it's a good thing Strange New Worlds is a hop, skip, and a jump away, what's six weeks away, particularly given as how uh, the things we've been podcasting this week both had finales, Mandalorian Season 3 wrapping up last week, doing the Season 3 uh, podcast wrap tomorrow, Star Wars Saturday, got some Picard series wrap, going to be discussing that on Star Trek Sunday, so uh, thank goodness, you know, we have a couple of things planned for the month of May and so forth. But uh, thank goodness there's more star something in the near future. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy out next Thursday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Star Wars Day. I'm sure there'll be some more stuff we'll talk about that day. But we will podcast that Marvel Monday, May 8th. So you're going to be checking that out. Get us your thoughts on that. Meanwhile, Pete, did you know that every single time you tweet hashtag Star Trek Legacy, Terry Madalus gets some more wings uh, in the quest for more work for Terry Madalus? I, I seem to have read something about that there. And while hashtag Star Trek Legacy is all the rage these days, since we last spoke Star Trek Discovery Season 5 announced the last season and actually production now underway on, hey, the shoehorned ending we've been kind of given to that for 2024. Uh, Starfleet Academy has had a uh, live-action series greenlit, although no details past that. And the Section 31 movie, uh, no longer a series, starring Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh, uh, goes into production later this year. And Pete, the notion of the Section 31 movie, this is something I, I would like to cover something that I think we had alluded to in our Picard podcast last week, but something I'd like to hammer home more. I, look, I think that there's the there's a potential downside if Paramount Plus releases uh, a lot of Star Trek stuff or Star Trek move, TV movies. If they release that in theaters and it doesn't do well, does it hurt the brand, so on and so forth. But with the Star Trek Picard um, um, finale, the final two episodes having an IMAX release that kind of seems to be all positive buzz, limited release, theaters mm. sold out quickly. I, I'm sure you could look up the box office count, but nobody's like, oh my goodness, did you see these numbers? I have to wonder if maybe that was a trial balloon for a a, a Star Trek model moving forward where you do the TV movie that gets an IMAX release before Paramount Plus. It's not quite you know, swiping, swiping the, the meat off the plate of theatrical, and it's also not quite streaming only therefore it's less special that that you know we might we might see we in general we you and me pete might see the section 31 movie in a movie theater and that might be part of their plan yes 
I do think they have to proceed with caution. I think um, internationally that could possibly be a boon for them. I mean, goodness, Matt, as long as they don't pull a Marvels, the Inhumans. That is the risk. But I will say this. I feel like it's, you know, Inhumans did so poorly in its IMAX release that I feel like I feel like it did so poorly that nobody remembers because so few people went. Uh, also, because IMAX had paid for most of those episodes, it actually was financially it moved the financial failure onto IMAX. It took it off of Marvel TV, um, which probably you know, was... somehow didn't make the wigs and some of the lousy effects better. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But if nothing else, Pete, one would hope that because, look, prior to the announcement of this Section 31 movie, I'm well on the record as having been completely dubious that we would see anything, anything Section 31. So. I'll eat crow here and hats off to Kurtzman that they have found a way that works, you know, financially works for Michelle Yeoh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, it's like the, the sky's the limit with any of this stuff. I mean, it even has me wondering, fine discovery season five is over. Do they announce that it's going to move to a movie model or do, you know, for, for any of this stuff, it's kind of a brand new way to figure when it comes to Star Trek. And I, I think it's creative. I give them credit for that. I give them credit for the wherewithal to, you know, make sure they move the story ball forward with uh, Yo's character. I mean, it's not as if she's gotten any less busy. We don't know what had been signed or agreed to behind the scenes in terms of, hey, like, the series is good or whatever. For all we know, she could be getting the series money for the 90 minutes that'll stream on your Paramount plus or whatever, but at, at least it's, it's coming. We're, we're getting it. I mean, she's, she's filming uh wicked. Add to that. Pete already in the can is uh, Michelle Yeoh as part of the ensemble for uh, a haunting in Venice, uh, the latest Poirot movie coming out in September. So as you say, I mean, she's been super busy um, and, you know, among other things, it it may fit her schedule better. Like maybe she was the one that was like, I'm not doing the series, but I'll give you eight weeks. I'll give you enough time to do a movie. Um, it's it's a net win. It really is a net win. I think that there's there are theoretical negatives to like, do I want to spend 10 weeks in a Section 31 mindset when it seems the the more positive nature of strange new worlds and lower decks. That's kind of where star Trek wants to be right now, but I'm not turning up my, my nose at all to a section 31 movie or a section 31, anything. No. And it would seem, you know, the, the floor now belongs to strange new worlds. I mean, Matt, we haven't even mentioned they're shooting season three right now (laughs) that had been written and they were in production before that was formally announced and let's not forget too as we record this on the last friday in april currently there is the possibility of a writer's strike starting tuesday morning tuesday 1201 a.m may 2nd i thought it was may 1st i guess may 1st is when the contract is up and it's pencils down when the clock strikes midnight on the second but um that's not to say that every strange new world's script is flawless at this stage but 
Pete, they got scripts that are ready to go. Guess what? They stri- they strike proofed, strike struck prof. I don't know. They are proofed against a strike in that they have scripts ready to go. And let's say if the, even if there is some sort of work stoppage for pick a number 30 days well then 30 days later you can say ah writers have settled welcome back hey let's go back to episode 302 fix some stuff here so on and so forth so it's the best of it's the best of times for a lot of this stuff particularly as we look ahead to strange new world season two uh, our main purpose for today's discussion yeah so to see these images here and matt i flashed back a year ago there we were at the gold uh, carpet premiere in new york city for the series and they were shooting what we see here um and that reception you know still not fully seen but the vote of confidence to do this and it certainly comes across with what you see yeah, the season two trailer just has such a a positivity, such an energy to it. Um, it almost is a better spirit. And I must confess, Pete, I have not gone back and looked at like the season one previews and trailers and all of that. But we didn't exactly know what we were getting a year ago. But now knowing what this show has been after 10 episodes it only adds to the anticipation the notion that not only do i think we all really dig all of these characters uh and it's kind of optimistic take on things but the notion that you know i don't know what episode 201 is is it a standard star trek is it a ghost story like the one where kirk and pike were trapped there with kind of the energy ghosts um is it the more funny you know, quote unquote holodeck or, or, you know, as in the case of season one, the, the, uh, you know, space creature brain scan thing, you know, is it a holodeck dress up episode? Is it more funny? Is it more serious? Is it, whatever it is, the notion that we can get different things each week is so welcome. It's so welcome as a difference to a bunch of other TV that works really well as novels for television. I'm looking forward to these short stories each week. And maybe we don't go back to Tau Epsilon Sigma eight <laughs> ever again. And that's okay. We could love Tau Epsilon Sigma eight for the adventures that we had there. That we have Una voicing the, uh, the narration of this trailer when in the closing moments of season one, she was hauled off to space jail uh tells you oh that'll somehow be resolved and back for the exploration as if we would expect any different but they they do carry both the serialized and episodic form and then to see carol kane here uh and her character moving we'd seen some screenshots before as uh palia as the new um engineer um you know you you get that everybody's obviously uh spilled a lot of digital ink over oh look matt they brought back the original klingons you know you remember the original klingons that here the design clearly from star trek the motion picture in 1979 you, you remember those original klingons again uh you of course referencing the fact that those were not the originals and so forth but however, I do think I think there is something to your larger point that look, Star Trek Discovery is the foundation of where we are at now for Star Trek. And 
a lot of it has worked and the fact that there was the fact that there were the fact that on social media or in perception or whatever their klingons were not our klingons i stand by all those decisions in discovery uh however mm-hmm. clearly strange new worlds is operating successfully in an area that has slightly more nostalgia and less strange new worlds that spun off from star trek discovery that one right you remember that one because pepperidge farms remembers that one <laughs> totally agree all i'm saying is that strange new world seems to be the least divisive of the three live action shows that have been out uh and you know if if you're the the network paying 75 to 100 million dollars a year to make 10 of these uh it it doesn't hurt to have every advantage with you yeah i mean listen for so many people these shows in general are the comfort food um but at the same time i think that strange new worlds has challenged that you look back at season one and to bring in uh to bring there and that we're obviously towards that faded relationship failure and then what spock has going on with chapel and then the whole idea of pike and we would seem to at least for the moment to have closed that i will imagine they will pick that back up at some point but doing what they did to us with uh with bruce horak's character Matt with with Hammer. Oh, hey, we got the engineer, the uh, Andorian, at every. Oh, wait, what? At this episode here. Oh my God, uh, it it makes me worry for Carol Kane. Uh, we know eventually there'll be a Scottish engineer. Um, we've had the flash forward, imagining Kirk. We know we're getting more of. It'll actually be a real first meeting of uh, Kirk, ex of my high school um, for season two and some of the funnier moments of the trailer here. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, this is a trailer that says what you got from Stranger Worlds in season one is back for season two. Um, I must confess, Pete, I was absolutely tickled pink. Not only do we get, you know, Kirk footage, which if you follow the fact when the, the new, they lost control of the narrative there and it was revealed that, uh, <laughs> you know, the Kirk was occurring, Paul Wesley was there and so forth. The notion that they show footage in this trailer of, uh, of well, they lost control of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of that scene. Like clearly they had been outside on the corner in Toronto and then went inside to this store or whatever with the revolving door that he doesn't quite uh understand the day that trailer came out somebody ran to that shop and took a picture in the revolving door is that true i have it on my twitter yeah yeah uh, that's fantastic uh, i mean so if anything okay they made lemonade out of that um but but yeah so so that leaking and then of course there were people that lost their minds like why why are they doing humor on star trek if anything that scene pulled me in even more like have they traveled back in time is this a holodeck training thing like where are they that looks like toronto in in the 21st century you know it 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 pulled me in even more um 
I don't know. The, to me, the tone well, was check perfect. Check out that photo on on my Twitter. It'll pull you even in even more because there are prices on clothing and things like that. Oh no, not <laughs> not prices wow. on clothing. Stranger World puts prices on clothing. Look, look, just don't get between Spock and the blood wine. <laughs> um, there's. There's so much potential for the familiar to return, i.e., we're get one can infer we're getting some sort of Kirk plus Enterprise uh, origin story. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, Pete, there's the Klingons. Let's not forget some of the threads left from season one. Um, the the eminently watchable episode, the Serene Squall. Uh, a we have. Uh, we have our baddie from that, Captain Angel, still out there, let alone the revelation of their connection to Cybok and so forth, um, which Serene Skull, having been the seventh episode of season one, I think at the time it was like, well, Cybok return in episode eight, nine, or ten? And the answer was no. So therefore, I would assume Cybok somehow is going to show up in season two, and I'm looking forward to that. Again, I think being a really compelling mix of old and new. Um and also kind of continuing a a Star Trek, maybe to a certain degree, a Star Wars TV trope of like, let's go back and mine the thing that you thought wasn't good because it was inherently bad. Let's let's find some core of it because it still sticks with us and let's turn it into something. Yeah, and wise of them to hold off on, you know, some of those, one, the unannounced casting of, Cybok, let alone if we see him this season, which I would imagine we will, and the return of Captain Angel there. Uh, but but all great stuff and really all underpins by the camaraderie amongst this crew, this cast. Um, you know, you're you're hard pressed within Star Trek to find an unlikable cast. Occasionally there's an unlikable actor who wouldn't come back for star trek picard because he didn't like what they had you know done for his character and you know instead voices are cartoon okay yeah you're you're entitled to approve the, the work you're gonna do we get it um but this show just screams week to week adventures fun you got your shipping for the the kids and the and the and the cats that that want that and and that's great um you know the the relationships for uh these characters um but yeah you know let's let's find out what happened to una and how they can get her back let's see their uh bonds continue to evolve uh roll on june 15th already you referenced the bonds of the cast and i think back to when we were at the gold carpet premiere uh and because of how they were doing the line to let us the normals in uh you had gone in before me because they were doing the reservations by last name or something like that and i i kind of got a sense of oh look the black uh suvs delivering i think castmates are kind of going 30 feet around the corner from the main entrance to a side entrance. So once we got set with our tickets, it was like, well, shall we go up the escalator? Uh, and one of us suggested, well, why don't we wait? Cause maybe that's where the important people are coming in. 
Uh, and before too long, we saw the cast coming in 30 feet away. And Pete, because it's New York, people are a little less star, you know what, Uri? It's just like, look, there are there are famous people over there. We will stay here without making a scene. And when, so like we kind of saw cast members coming in going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And at the time, you know, perhaps a, a Celia Rose Gooding was not immediately familiar to us. And it was like, I, I, you know, I think based on the IMDB, I think, you know, things of that sort. But then when Ethan Peck came in, first of all, you're like, that's Ethan Peck from Star Trek Discovery in this show. And just to hear his Peck, you know, basso profundo voice the, saying yeah, hello to his castmates. Hi. In, in the voice there, like, oh, you know, there's a percentage of that DNA that came from Gregory Peck. I can hear that in this yeah. gentleman's voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, pretty much saw them all right there, get into an elevator and go up the top. And then uh, Matt, we're seated in our uh theater auditorium and uh then they're in there right behind me you know rebecca romaine in a gorgeous sequin dress and then on the way out when uh anson mount looks right at me and says thanks for coming there's a there's a genuine nature i would argue i mean who, who knows maybe they're all terrible people they put on an act for a night but they're I mean, not they, terrible people they're not at all. but they're not they're yeah. not that gentleman from voyager <laughs> um the enthusiasm that they have the the understanding that I, I that they have of what this is of how this is you know the show will run as long as the show is but people will they will be so special to some people forever and 30 years from now they'll be going to the strange new world's 30th anniversary with people who are going to tell stories like get stole like get told at star trek conventions all the time but still are true that I was on a certain path until your character inspired me to change my path in life. You don't get that from a lot of other shows. I don't know that there's a lot of people who, you know, walk away from, I mean, maybe your ERs and your Grey's Anatomy, there's things like that, but you know, you don't walk away from Breaking Bad going, you know what? My life was on one path and then I was like, let me make the drugs. Um, it's Star Trek that does this and you can tell that they, they're, they're ready for what this show has brought and what this show will bring. Yeah. And again, you know, who might continue on this path, who might join them, who might peel off as obviously we know that's happened. But third season production underway now, uh, this effectively is the Star Trek flagship for right now. And again, everybody wants Star Trek legacy and you know, OK, these other shows and trying to balance all that with the potential of a looming strike and streamer slowdown and all that. But this is what we have. And, and this is the thing right now. So all the more anxious to get it back. I mean, when we knew they were shooting a year ago, it's like, all right, first season's over, man. Let's let's go. Give me more. Give me more. I know that we will have plenty more star trek Stranger worlds discussions well ahead of the june 15th premiere we'll do a, an official season preview as we get closer um it, it's crazy pete that the calendar's about to turn to may uh which gives me hope because before you know it the calendar will turn to june and that's the month that Stranger worlds returns uh in the interim obviously any major star trek news that comes across we'll discuss but you know can't can't wait to get more stranger worlds into our into our eyeballs into our podcast discussions into the podcast feed and so forth and paramount adjacent matt 
we will be doing the final two Indiana Jones films. We, of course, podcast Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom a little earlier in the year in a similarly light point in our schedule before we had two uh, shows running a week for the last nine weeks. Uh, and we will be hitting up uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, as well as Matt's favorite, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, in May, ahead of the June premiere of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which we will also be bringing you, in addition to the Star Trek, in addition to uh, Marvel Secret Invasion a week later after uh, strange new worlds in June and uh, the star Wars coming again in August, probably when we'll be hitting up uh, be interesting to see Matt, do they overlap what with the team up not seen here and, you know, lest you forget, or we tell you for the first time of lower decks beginning in animation. We now know on strange new worlds and going over to live action. Well, the last Strange New Worlds uh, of Season 2 is going to be August 17th. Uh, we don't have a date on Ahsoka, but August 17th is three weeks into uh, the month of August, so there being five Wednesdays that potentially Ahsoka could release. Pete, the maths tells me that there's a three-fifths chance of there being overlap <laughs> there, um, which you know, is a good problem to have. Um it is weird. I'll, I've said it many times before in the last couple of years. It's awfully weird that like Star Wars and Star Trek seem to have developed a rhythm that they're on at the same time. Whatever it is that's driving these factors, whatever it is, I don't know. But it seems to be a good time to have those shows on and, and overlap does occur. Yeah, and, and that's okay. I would maybe think too, like, oh, here, whatever week uh that episode could be maybe uh lower decks starts that week you kind of carry it over to their fourth season premiere or maybe it's a episode or two in they could do that that is a narrative and a organizational uh network streaming thing to do that synergy Goodness knows they could do it. So but wait, Matt, Pete, you, you are proposing a scenario in August where we might have, we might have, in the same week, a podcast for Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks and Ahsoka. That's we can that, we can do it. Oh, absolutely, we've, we've done it. <laughs> you know, there was a time where we we do three episodes of a show that streamed thirteen episodes, and we were doing one live action. I mean, we've. We've we've been there. We've done this, Matt. So yeah, the, it's not like these are strange new worlds for us with the podcasting. You're not getting no pod fade out of Fantastic Geek, uh, especially with the people powering our dilithium crystal uh, chamber matrices on Patreon.com/slash Fantastic Geek. Indeed, our patrons on Patreon.com keeping us listener supported. Uh, putting a number to the value that they get from the podcast and our thanks to them as always for really helping keep things uh, afloat financially behind the scenes. Uh, so our ongoing thanks to them. But Pete, how can we keep the Star Trek conversation going with you? 
You find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,859 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, for those listening to the Pop Culture Podcast feed, as we said at the top of the episode, Star Wars and Star Trek Picard content coming this weekend in the near future. Got some Indiana Jones, some Guardians of the Galaxy, some other goodness uh, before we settle into Star Trek Strange New Worlds in June. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. I would like the ship to go now. <laughs>